Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. I hope you are doing well today. We're very excited to continue this series, Water Walkers. I hope that this has been an encouraging series for you so far. I hope it's been uplifting and exactly what you need right now. But I'm going to go ahead and dive into it today in Matthew chapter 14. Are you ready for the word today? Yes, all right. Well, let's dive right back into this same text we've been looking at over the last several weeks. It says this in Matthew 14, 29. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw, everybody say saw. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Today, I want to talk to you from the subject, walking in the wind, walking in the wind. Would you pray with me today? In fact, um, pray with me, but I want to ask you to pray for me too. I've been kind of fighting a little bit of crud and I, and I want to, I don't want my voice to be a distraction. I want it to uh, be a tool used by God today. So would you pray for me as we um, dive into this together? Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. Uh, most importantly, God, we are here to meet with you. So I pray uh, that no distraction would get in the way of what you want to speak to us today. I pray that you'd use me as a vessel right now. Uh, please sustain my voice and please meet with us now. Help us to see you. Help us to uh, understand your love for us, your plan for us so much more. Grow us in faith today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So we've been in this series, this Water Walker series, and really we've been exploring in this series the idea of a, a man or a woman, a person who we call a water walker would be someone who walks on top of what other people might drown in. So when we talk about a water walker, we're not talking about literally walking on top of water. We're talking about walking in a life of faith because God will call us to walk into situations and circumstances and different areas of our lives that might seem impossible. But if we follow him, he will allow us to walk on top of what other people might drown in. So it doesn't mean that uh, you and I aren't going to go through difficult things. But what it means is that you and I are going to be able to come out of them differently. And it's because of the principle of exception. If you remember the principle of exception, it's this. We have it on the side screens. What happens with them does not dictate or determine what happens with me. And man, I tell you, every time we look at this, I get so encouraged because we have people around us and our, 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 our economy, our government, different things happen around us where it'd be really easy to just think, well, that's the norm. That's just what happens. So many marriages end in divorce and this is what's going on with the real estate market. And you can just look at the norm of being what could dictate your life, but we see that God teaches us that there's something different expected of his people. He expects you and I to be the exception. He says it will be different for my people than it is for you. He tells us that in Exodus. So he, he looks at what you and I will go through in life, and he's not saying that we're not going to go through difficult things, but he fully expects that if we're his followers, we should come out of those difficult things, those storms differently than everyone else. So just because the economy might be going a certain way for certain people, that doesn't dictate what happens with you and 
I, what happens with water walkers? Are there any water walkers in the house today? Let me hear you. I'm thankful, thankful that God allows us to walk in a life of faith following him. Well, last week we talked about how to develop faith that we need a strong faith to be like Peter, to be able to step out of the boat. We talked about how to develop faith, how to have a strong faith. But this week, I don't wanna talk so much about having a strong faith as much as I wanna talk about having a long faith. Because we need a strong faith to get out of the boat, but we have to have a long faith. We have to be able to have a faith that lasts if you and I are gonna walk on water. Because if you remember, Peter had the faith while he was in the boat. He believed he could do what God called him to do while he was in the boat. So he had a strong faith to step out of the boat. But when he walked on water, that faith didn't last. And if you and I are going to become water walkers, we have to be able to learn how to walk in the wind. What is the wind? What are we talking about when we're talking about wind? Well, wind is obstacles. It's difficulties. It's pressures. It's things that you might not predict is going to happen, but you get out, you step out the way that God wants you to, and now all of a sudden you have pressure that you're coming against that you didn't have when you were in the boat. I don't know if you know this, but it's windy out on the water because in the boat, you're, you have the, the sides of the boat, you have the sails, you have different things around you that would buffet the wind. When, when you're on land, you have trees around you and buildings around you that would buffet the wind, buffet the difficulties that might come your way. But when you're out on the water, you receive the full force of the wind. You receive the full force of the, the difficulties that come against you. So there, there's a pressure that comes with being a water walker. And you could look out there and people that are in the boat would look at those people that are walking on the water with admiration. And we see people that are being successful and following God and trusting God in different areas of their life. And we look at them and say, that's so awesome. I want that. And, and, and you might see people who are successful in life who would say, I want to walk on water. And people who are walking on water will say, that's great. You should walk on water. But they would offer us all a word of warning. They would say, Walk on water, do it, step into what God is calling you to step into. But let me just warn you, it's windy out here. It's really windy. There's pressure out here. There's, there's obstacles. It, it might look easy out here, but it's not easy out here. There are difficulties that come up. So we look at people with great marriages and, and, and great businesses. So you, might, you might want to advance in business. You might want a promotion and you might want to own your own business. So you look at other people who own their own businesses. You're like, I want that. And a business owner who's already there would say, that's wonderful. Go after it. But let me offer you a word of warning. It, it's, it's windy out here. It's difficult to be the business owner. It's difficult to be in management. It's difficult to be in that position. You might be ready to, to change your status from single or it's complicated. You to click in a new box, right? It, it might be time where you're saying, I, I want to get married. I, wanna, I want a new season of life. And you look at that and, and married couples will say, that's awesome. You should do it. Go for it. But a word of warning, it's windy out here. You start sharing bathrooms and sharing juice and sharing morning breath. It's windy out here. It's what he, so it, it, it's a good thing. We should, we should strive for things. We, we should want to step out on the water. But what we need to recognize is that it, just because it looks good and it looks easy out there doesn't mean it's easy. There, there's wind, there's obstacles that come against you. There's pressure that comes against you. So we need the faith to be able to step out of the boat. We need a strong faith. 
But more than just a strong faith to step out of the boat, we have to have a long faith, a faith that lasts. So when you step out of the boat and you start coming up against difficulties, you have the faith to continue on, the faith to continue to do what God has called you to do. Because if we live under the misconception of thinking that if I just step out and do what Jesus asked me to do, it's all gonna be easy, then it's gonna be disappointing when you step out on the water and you go, whoa, this is difficult. This is difficult because what would happen is we, when we're sitting in the boat, would look out at someone who's walking on water, someone who's being successful, and we would want their possessions. Man, I want what they have, but it's those people that are out there on the water. They're looking back into the boat going, man, I think I'd like your peace. I wish I had the peace that you have in the boat. I wish I, wish I had the comfort that you have in the boat. Is there anyone in here that understands what I'm saying? It's windy out there on the water. It's windy. And we need to understand this if you and I are gonna be successful in following God because we, we can hurt ourselves if we go into a life of faith trying to follow God where we think, if I just do what he tells me to do, it's gonna be so simple. Well, it's gonna be blessed and it's gonna be wonderful and there's gonna be great success in your life, but it's not gonna be simple because it's windy out there on the water. So God wants to grow us in our faith in order to be able to follow him, but he doesn't just wanna grow us into having a strong faith. He wants us to grow us in having a long faith, a faith that lasts, a faith to persevere. We find this in scripture here. Uh, we see this in James chapter one, starting in verse two. It says this, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters. So this is for everyone in here. Consider it pure joy. What should I consider pure joy? Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. How many of you feel like you've been going through trials of many kinds? Can we be honest? A lot of trials going on. Well, this is for you. The Bible is telling you to consider this pure joy. Now, I, I know that every time I read this verse and I'm going through a trial, this is a frustrating passage of scripture. Yeah, easy for you to say, you're not the one going through the trial, right? Well, if you're going through a trial and you read this, God is wanting you to understand that there's a different way to look at it. He says this, he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So sometimes God waits to work on it because he's using it to work on you. I think that's a frustrating thing to learn, but when we have it in the right perspective, it can make circumstances so much easier is because we go through difficulties and we pray for God to change the it. God, if you could just get me a better boss, if I could get more money, if I could be in a different living situation, if I could have a better car, if my kids would just start getting along right. We start praying about all the different it's. God, will you fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. And so many times that's what the extent of our prayer life looks like. God, fix it. But sometimes we see in this passage of scripture, what God is doing is he's using the it the very thing that's difficult, the very thing that we're struggling with to change and work on us. It's testing our faith. Why? To produce perseverance. That we need to understand this because God wants to grow us in our faith and grow us in our patience and grow us in our perseverance. And you don't grow in patience and perseverance by learning it in church. 
You know, growing patience and perseverance by reading a book on it. You can't get on a podcast and learn how to grow in patience and perseverance. The only way that you grow in patience and perseverance is when God drops you in the middle of a circumstance where you're going to need to have patience and perseverance. And he might just let us sit there for a little bit. Difficult, in the wind, with obstacles coming our way. And man, I think that could be frustrating for us to understand sometimes, but what is God doing? He's trying to strengthen us, this passage of scripture shows us. Why? Because he knows that when you and I follow him, we're gonna follow him into places that that are gonna be difficult. Because not everyone's gonna like it when you follow God. Not everyone's gonna like it when you start sharing your faith with other people in the workplace. Not everyone's gonna like it when you raise your kids the way that he would have you raise them. Not everyone's gonna like it. So there's gonna be wind that blows. And he says, he says, there's periods of times that I'm gonna allow you to go through that so you can get strengthened and grow. I love it the way that Eugene Peterson um, kind of, he, he took this and he paraphrased it in the message translation of the Bible. And, and I love it because it's like written in contemporary language. I wanna look at the exact same verse again. And in, in, uh, James 1, 2 through 4 says it this way in the message translation. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Man, don't you know that, that sometimes you will go through things that put pressure on you and it's that pressure that all of a sudden stuff starts to pop out of you you didn't even realize was in you? It's like you didn't even realize that there was some anger in you. There was some meanness in you, some irritability. You can be going through some pressure sometimes when your, your kids' schedules are out of whack and your schedule's out of whack and you're trying to balance your, your schedule and your kids' schedule and your finances and all these things together. And someone's like, hey, Dan, and you're like, what? And I'm like, um, sorry, I didn't even realize that popped out of me. Like, where did that come from, Right. Am I the only one? It's like sometimes you feel like a little bit of pressure will reveal what's really going on on the inside. Maybe you weren't even aware of it. And I'm like, uh, let me rewind that and try it again. Hi, babe. What? Hi, honey. How are you? Right? You try that again. But, but the pressure sometimes will pop out what's really going on on the inside. So, so he says this. He says, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. Let it do its work. Let it do its work. What is it? Well, it is that thing that's causing pressure. It is that thing that we've been praying for God to get us out of. It is that, that, that what's going on in your finances, what's going on in your marriage, what's going on in your schedule. That thing that's causing pressure in you could be the very thing that God is working on in you. So it says, so you may become mature and well-developed not deficient in any way. So God is telling us that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. So if he's telling us that, then he's teaching us that, that maybe he's testing my faith with time. Maybe it's not that God just wants us to have faith, but he wants us to have faith that lasts. Not just that he wants us to trust him to step out of the boat, but to be able to trust him to step out of the boat and keep walking and keep trusting him. What about the times when it doesn't even look like things are changing? Can you have the faith that lasts where you can pray for something and hope that God would change something and you get up the next day and it doesn't look changed? 
Can you still look at your faith tanks and go, yeah, it's still in there. I still got faith to believe God. I've still got faith to keep trusting him. I've still got faith to, to do what he tells me to do. And then you go to bed the next day and, and, and you wake up and nothing's changed again. Do you have faith to keep trusting? Is your faith long? That's the question that we're looking at today is not, not just how to develop faith, not just to have strong faith to trust God, but can you keep trusting him when it looks like things haven't changed? Because many times we see in scripture that God wants to establish in us a faith that lasts because sometimes the things that we hope for and the things that we want, we want it right now, but maybe it's not gonna happen for a while. Can you keep trusting him? Can you keep believing that he's gonna come through? Can you keep believing in doing what he tells you to do? Because we see in scripture, there are so many different examples of people that God established in them a faith that lasted so long that they were able to, to make it to the point to where they got their breakthrough. See, there's a woman in scripture who had an issue of bleeding and her faith lasted 12 years before she was healed. There was another woman who had a crippled back whose faith lasted 18 years before she received her healing. There's a man at the pool of Bethesda who was, uh, who was paralyzed for 38 years and his faith had to last 38 years before he got his breakthrough. We, we saw that there was a man who was born blind and his faith had to outlast his blindness. Someone say outlast. That's what this, this perseverance is all about. It's about outlasting. Can you outlast the, the circumstances that you're facing? Because when we have a faith to trust God for a long time, what we're saying is a water walker would say, it's like, I see the wind and I know the wind's blowing. And we look at the wind and say, listen, wind, either you or I is gonna give up. One of us is gonna get up, give up. And I'll tell you what, it's not gonna be me. I'm gonna keep believing God and I'm gonna keep trusting him and I'm gonna keep doing what he tells me to do because I believe that he's gonna come through. A water walker says, I'm gonna outlast. I'm gonna outlast and I wonder, it's like, are we a group of people who will outlast the wind in our lives? Are we a group of people who are allowing God to grow us in faith, to take us through difficult times, to strengthen us and grow us in faith so that when you and I do have to wait for a little bit before we see changes happen in our life, we have the faith and the ability to be able to outlast. So I wanna talk about three things you and I can do to lengthen our faith today. Last week, we talked about the importance of having a strong faith and how to develop that faith. But today, I wanna talk about how do you and I develop a faith that lasts? How do we lengthen our faith? There's three things we need to do. If I want God to lengthen my faith, then number one, I must increase my intimacy. Number one, I must increase my intimacy. This is what we talked about last week. We talked about the fact that intimacy is not gonna happen on accident. That it, it, it takes being intentional and it takes, uh, the points we talked about last week is for me to grow in my intimacy with God, I need to number one, know who God is. And, and that's, that's not just knowing that God exists, but I need to know who he is. I need to know who he is to me, what he's committed to be to me. I need to know uh, how my relationship grows because of, of who he is. Number two, I need to know what my God said. If I'm gonna trust him by what he said, I must certainly know, I need to know what he said. And then number three, I need to know what God did. What he did all throughout scripture, but then I need to also look back on my own life and, and look at what he's done in my life, the track record of how good he is. So we need to grow in intimacy, but here's what you need to know is intimacy takes investment. 
Not for any one of us in this room, we're not gonna wake up one day and just accidentally be intimately close to God. No, what's gonna happen is that you and I are gonna have to, just like in every relationship, invest into it if we want to see intimacy there. That the currency exchange for intimacy is time. That you will not have intimacy in your relationship with God if you will not give of your time in order to be able to commit to growing in intimacy. So that means there has to be time in your schedule where you are spending time worshiping him. There has to be time in your schedule where you're praying. There has to be time in your schedule where where you're reading your Bible and listening to him. There has to be time that's committed to him because you're not gonna become intimate with God on accident. And see, with any relationship, when, whenever intimacy leaves, one of the, the key things we could look for is most of the time when intimacy leaves a relationship, it's because the investment of time has left the relationship. So the things we used to do, we don't do anymore. We used to, to, to have conversations, but now we have discussions, right? We, we, we used to focus on each other, but now we focus on the kids and we focus on the bills and we, we focus on the schedule and we focus on all these other things. And it's like we, we left what we used to do. There, there was an investment and that investment was returning to us in, in intimacy. And then we, we stop investing and we start wondering where did the return of intimacy go? Well, well it's not there anymore because we stopped investing in time, so I wonder, are you investing in time with your relationship with God? Saying, I, I want to be intimate with him. I wanna know him more. I wanna know what he said. I, know, I wanna know what he did. But there's a promise in scripture that God gives us. Jeremiah 29, 13. God says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So see, when we invest into seeking after God, he rewards us with intimacy. And it's so important that if you and I want to live a life of faith where we continue to trust God, even when, when it doesn't look like things are coming together, even when we step out and we're trying to do what he wants us to do, but it, it feels difficult, it feels like we're coming up against pressure. If we want to have a faith that lasts, we have to know he's there with us. And when you're intimate with God, you know he's there with you. With you. So if you want your, your faith to last, we have to grow in intimacy. And then number two, I must as well, I need to, number two, improve my accuracy. Improve my accuracy. Are you ready for this one? It's this. Some people struggle with having faith that lasts because their faith isn't a God that they created. I'm going to rewind that one and say it again so I make sure no one misses that. Some people struggle with having faith, faith that lasts because their faith isn't a God that they created. Is that too much for Sunday morning? <laughs> So some of you are looking at me like, what did you just say? I, I, there's a lot of people who, who struggle in faith, struggle in trusting God for a long period of time because our, our, our faith is inaccurate. Our faith isn't a God that, that we might have created. I, I love that um, this quote from St. Francis of Assisi said this. He says, God made mankind in his image and unfortunately man has tried to return the favor. <laughs> right? God made us to to resemble him, to look like him. And what have we done instead is we, we, we in our own mind will try to construct a version of God that looks more like the way that you and I think, the more the way that you and I act. So it's like a lot of people can go through life struggling with faith because we've had things handed to us, opinions and thoughts about God handed to us that are not accurate to who God says he is. 
And we have to start testing that. And we have to start looking, is this actually the God who created me? Or is this a God that I am creating in my own mind? Because if your view of God and you, the way you look at God, if, he, if he's a God that agrees with you on everything and he likes the people that you like and, and like and dislikes the people that you dislike, that's not the God that created you, that's the God you created, right? If your view of God is that, that God loves your strengths, but man, he is not okay with other people's weaknesses, that, that is not the God that created you, that is the God that you created. And, and God knew that there would be so many people who would have opinions about who God is. So he said, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you a gift in order to be able to differentiate and make sure that you know, are you talking about the one true God or are you talking about some sort of construct of your own mind? He says, I'm going to give you my word so that you can use it as a filter to know, is this God or is this the opinion of a man? And and, and we see this because John chapter one says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the word here is logos. This is the written word, right? This is saying that, that God does not differentiate between himself and the word that he speaks to all of mankind. So he's saying there is no contradiction between who I say that I am and who I am. There's no contradiction between my word and the way that I act. My character is revealed in the word. So he's saying, I'm giving you a gift so that when people come and try to tell you, well, God said this and God thinks this way and God does that, It's like, you could say, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna use the word and I'm gonna take your opinion and run it through the filter of God's word. And if I take that opinion and it runs through the filter of God's word and it comes out with no contradictions and it comes out true, then I know that yes, that is God. That's the way that God sees that. That's the way that God is teaching us. But if I have an opinion and it comes in conflict with anything in God's word, then you know what it is? It's you. It's my own opinion, it's your opinion. It's just a thought and opinion of man. So that's not helpful. So he's given us this wonderful gift and he's saying, we've got to take the, uh, the gift of his word and run everything that we believe through it. So we know, is this actually what God is saying or is this something that I'm making up in my own mind? Because you can struggle with faith if you have an inaccurate view of God. If, if you've been living your life based off of the opinions of maybe people who loved you, they could have been your family members, the grandparents, loved ones that had a view of what they thought God was like. And they'll say things like, well, God said this and God said that. If you don't know it to be true from his word, then you can't base your life off of it. You can't base the fact of whether or not you're gonna drown in the water or walk on top of it off of the opinion of another person. He's saying, so use this as a filter. Use my word as a filter so you know, is this actually me or, or is this just the opinion of someone else. Because see what we'll do sometimes and where we become inaccurate and start creating concepts of what we think about God as opposed to what he says, sometimes we do this because we don't want God to mess with certain areas of our lives. It's like, God, you can, you can fix a whole bunch of stuff, but, but just not this one area over here, right? It's like, God, I'll let, you, I'll let you deal with my kids and I'll let you deal with my wife, but I don't want you to deal with me, so let's just really focus on them more. <laughs> like, right? 
It's like, I'll, I'll, God, I'll let, you, I'll let you deal with finances. I'll let you deal uh, with the way I'm spending my time and my schedule, but I really don't want to talk about sexual morality. I really don't. Uh, let's just leave that alone. So what we start to do is, is mankind will start to create a construct in our own minds of going, well, the, the, the God that I serve, he, he lets me get away with what I want to get away with. He lets me make up my own rules, right? Because that, that little G God, the, the one that, that, that I'm making up, it's like he, he's okay with certain things that, that, that really scripture's not okay with. But, but like the little God that I sort of like, he's okay with me not going to church on Sunday. He, he, he's okay with me ignoring the verses that say um, that we shouldn't give up a meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. He, he's okay with me pushing aside certain things where it's like, oh, we get all these opinions and we get so confused about God because what are we doing? We're taking where God said, this is the filter of how you can know it's me, how you can know what's your own construct in your own mind or you know my plan for you. And anytime we say, I'm just gonna take this filter and throw it aside, we get in a very dangerous place where then we're putting our faith, not in capital G-O-D, but we're putting our faith in the opinion that came from our own mind. And maybe it wasn't your opinion. Maybe it was handed to you by someone else. But I'll tell you what, I don't want to follow my own opinions, let alone the opinions of other people. They, they can't rescue me while I'm walking on water. They can't show me how I was created. They can't show me God's plans for me. So what I need to know is, is it accurate what I believe about God? And it's so important because there are so many people who struggle in their faith because you're holding God hostage to things that God never said. And like, I've heard people that have been passed on this concept that if you just trust God, if you just love God, then nothing bad's ever gonna happen to you again. Like, you're never gonna cry another tear. You're gonna be happy from this day forward. I've heard people share that lie with one another. It's like, okay, I, I understand that you've heard that before, but let's run it through the filter of scripture because the Bible says something different. The Bible says in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. The, the Bible says that, that, that weapons will form against you, but the good news is that they won't be able to prosper. They won't flourish. So if, if your faith is in a God where you think, I'm never going to be sad again, and you have an inaccurate view, then what happens when you get sad? Now all of a sudden you stop believing. Wait a minute. Well, well did God fail me? No, God never said that. Guys, as believers, we have to have an accurate view of God. And God tells us, he's like, I've given you my word so you know who I am. And see, if, if you and I want a faith that lasts, it's like, first off, we have to grow in our intimacy with God and that takes investment. Number two, we need to grow in our accuracy of God and that takes investment. You gotta get into his word. You've gotta understand, is this the opinion of man or, or God's word? Because over and over again, another thing I hear is when people come to me and say, I heard something really weird on YouTube. <laughs> like, you're, you, you, you heard something weird on YouTube and that's got your faith confused because why are we listening to the opinions of people who, who we don't even know if they know God's word? And see, we don't, I, I, I'm not asking you to take a, a pastor's word for it or anyone else. I'm telling you, God's given you the gift. He's given you his word. Take his word for it. Get into his word. So for me to have a faith that's gonna last, I have to grow in my intimacy with God. I have to grow in my accuracy. And then number three, 
I have to evaluate my environment. I have to evaluate my environment. And it's because you can have faith, you can't have faith that lasts if you are going to be around people that continue to suck the faith out of you. Do we have anyone in here that knows some faith suckers? <laughs> How do you have faith suckers in your life? It, it, and it's difficult to even acknowledge because we, we love them, right? Sometimes the faith suckers in your life can be some of the closest people to you. They could be your, your friends, your family. It could be your mom. It could be your brother. And we love these people. We know God loves these people, but sometimes there are people around you that you just know that their opinions will come out and, and, and they will try to sway you in a way where it's like you were building, in your, you were growing in your faith. You were building up the courage to be able to follow God into a new way. And now you're spending some time around them and you're feeling like all the faith got sucked out of you and you're just like, ugh, ugh. And see, there are certain seasons in life that are faith sensitive. And what I mean by that is like every season in life is gonna require you and I to have faith in order to be able to follow God. But there are certain seasons in life that are gonna require a little bit more faith. So during those seasons, we, we've got to acknowledge the fact that there are faith suckers around us and we have to, to then identify them and put up boundaries between them and us. It doesn't mean that they're bad, but sometimes we need to separate ourselves from people that, that'll bring negativity, that'll suck the faith out of us. And we see that this is, not, this is not just an opinion from one person to another. This is a practice that Jesus did, that regularly Jesus would separate himself from other people uh, so he could get alone and pray and, and allow God to develop in him exactly what it was that God wanted to do for him. In this very story in Matthew 14, Back to verse 22, it says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. So it is so important that we recognize sometimes we need to put a little bit of distance between us and the people in our lives that, or the environments in our lives, the music in our life, the media in our life that might be sucking the faith out of us. Because if we want to have a faith that lasts, it's more than just trusting God to step out of the boat. We got to keep continuing to follow him even when it gets difficult, even when trials come, even when the wind blows. Because here's what, here's what we all need to understand is sometimes God will give you a dream. He'll give you passions and goals for your life. He'll give you a plan. He'll, he'll show you a picture of what you want in your marriage. And, and, and we want those things. So we step out of the boat and we go for it. But unfortunately, there's a lot of times that it doesn't happen as fast as you want. And that's what James shows us. It shows us that sometimes the, there's a process and that process comes to give us perseverance, to grow us in patience, to grow us in endurance so that we won't be lacking anything. And I, and I think we can, we, we can have a difficult view of this sometimes because we see other people's success and we want it now. And we get on Instagram and we see other people and how successful they are and how great their kids look together and how they're smiling and they're happy. And the thing is we see the glory, but we didn't see the story, right? 
Because it's like, I want my family to look that perfect when they're all posed together in their beautiful little Easter dresses and they're smiling and everyone's happy. What you didn't see was the six months of sleepless nights of the mom pulling her hair out going, well, are these kids ever going to get along? And they're screaming at the kids. All right, smile for the camera. And now wipe her tears away. Now smile for the camera. They finally get the picture, they post that. And you're like, I want that. <laughs> it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And God wants to fulfill your dreams. He wants to, to, to help you move forward into those very things, those, those seeds of dreams he planted in your life. He wants to see those grow to fruition, but it's not gonna happen overnight. So we don't just pray that God would give us a faith to be able to step out of the boat. I don't just need a strong faith. I need a long faith. Is there anyone in here that you'd like to see God lengthen your faith? You have a little more perseverance? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you that God, we, we know that you that began the good work in us, you will carry it out to completion. And for some of us that are in the middle of the journey right now, it feels long. It feels like there's, there's pressure coming against us. It's tough, it's difficult. That for some of us, we've wanted to quit. For some of us, we feel like our faith has been waning. And right now, God, I pray that you would strengthen each of us in our faith, that we wouldn't just have faith to, to trust you and step out, but we would have faith to continue to follow you even when it feels like it's taken too long, even when by our own preference we would have been done by now. We thank you, God, that you're doing something in our lives, and we pray that you would help us to grow in the type of faith that has the ability to keep following you, keep walking after you, keep doing what you tell us to do, because, God, we believe in you, and we are going to outlast whatever blows our way by your strength. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, I love you, church family. We will see you next Sunday. I hope you have a wonderful Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.